Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Did you hear about the TikTok shoe thief? No. Okay. Fashion girlies in NYC. This TikTok went viral over the weekend. I was fascinated by it because this girl hooked up with this dude who was like super cute and fashionable. And they were talking about how they love this particular shoe called um, Tabbies. Do you know Tabbies? They're the split toe. Oh, I know what it looks like, but I didn't know the name. So there's a line of shoes that have that split toe that are like fancy and fucking cool and expensive. And she had a pair in her apartment. They hooked up. And then at one point he asked for her phone to like check if she had a Spotify playlist and then he handed it back to her and he was like, anyway, see you later. He leaves. She realizes her shoes are missing. She she goes to open up the phone to like give him a call. He's deleted his phone number from the call log and unmatched her on Tinder, which is where they had met. So she had to track him down using the internet. She found him. He returned the shoes, which he had stolen and given to his girlfriend. (gasps) The drama. It was very exciting to watch the whole thing unfold. Whoa. Yeah, it was real. I was like, wow, TikTok is exciting. It is. <laughs> it was like a true crime show. Props to her for finding and re, re like uh getting back what's hers. Yeah. And uh, being like, also, everybody look out for this dude. Like, this guy is no good. He's very handsome. He's very well dressed. He's very charming. And he mm-hmm. stole shoes and lied about it. <laughs> In my hopes, then, I hope that he had a bad orgasm and she had an amazing one because right. now she has a story, mm-hmm. her shoes. And she got off. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully this guy's girlfriend broke up with him. She did. Yes. That was part of the update. She did. And there was like that guy who was like the West Elm Caleb. Did you hear about that? I, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah he was yeah. like, we're, we're That dude just had Riz. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. Riz. I've just heard of this. I can't. I can't fault him for having game. Is Riz short for charisma? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for explaining that to me, Mike. And way more charismatic. Right? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> We're back, baby. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. Welcome back to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And Riz. And Riz. Yo. Charisma. Charisma. Man, I love that story. I Before we get into a couple things up top that we have planned, I will share, and I have talked about it on here before, but I did, while I was in Chicago, go home with a woman once, and we hooked up, and it was whatever, and then I stole a bunch of steaks from her freezer (laughs) on my way back to the train that morning so that I could make myself a hungover steak and eggs. What did she do to deserve that? Full freezer. She wasn't going to miss two. Okay. All right. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I do. Like, I think maybe in my hazy memory of this. Did you make her come? If not, she can, she's a good faker. To the best of your knowledge. To my best of my mom. Okay. To the best of my. To the best of your mom? (laughs) To the best of my. Holy. My momage. Eatable shit going on here Uh up top. Oh, what up, Wendy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To the best of my knowledge, I did. And I think her family worked in the steak business or something. Okay. So I was like, yo, I need a couple of those frozen T-bones for myself. Just slide it out of the freezer on your way out the door. But this is before TikTok and like, you know, cancellation policies like this. So I I absolutely could have been steak guy in another lifetime. Yeah, you could have. You know what I mean? Maybe you are in her circles. 
And now you just outed yourself and she's going to be like, Glazer, <laughs> <laughs> you owe me two T-bones. That's so savage. <laughs> oh, well, let's get to some celebrations while we're starting this up top. Yes. So be big news. We have been nominated. Thank you, everyone who um, submitted us for this nomination as Cannabis Podcast of the Year at the MJ Awards. This is a big deal. It's a huge freaking deal. We're up against some like heavyweights, too. Yeah, but I think our fans are better and I want to win. <laughs> So truly, thank you all so much for going to our Instagram at Weed and Grub, going into our link tree, voting for us. And now that we have made it onto the actual list of nominees, vote for us again, yeah, please. We need to have you vote for us to win. And then we get to walk the red carpet in Las Vegas on November 30th at the MJs, which are this amazing, huge International Cannabis Awards. Um, this is the inaugural version. They're hosted by our friends over at the Fairchild. And it's going to be just like a big wig event. It's at MJ BizCon. And which I think is the biggest business cannabis conference in the world, if I'm not I mean, mistaken. let's say it is, whether or not. You, thank you. Oh, I love your attitude coming back. <laughs> I came back from the summer being like, I don't care. Let's let's say whatever. It is as we say. <laughs> Damn right. Let's create our own reality. So Cannabis Podcast of the Year would be a really nice uh, banner to oh. wear. I think we get sashes. Yep. I a think, crown. I think we get crowns. Archie gets a scepter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so we'll put the link in our notes. And if you would please slide over there and give us a, a vote for Cannabis of his podcast of the year, it would be really great because the main thing with awards is their currency, really. You know, like you can use them to advance yourself in so many wonderful ways. And winning an award, it would be the first for us. We've gotten wonderful press and we've we feel like we've done pretty well, but like this would just be a really neat cherry on a cherry on a hot cherry fudge pie sundae. Damn, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Fudge pie sundae. Yeah. Oh, I was I was just thinking about cherry pie too. The strain. <laughs> Oh, delicious. The marriage counselor, as Jim Belushi calls it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we won this, I would use this to finally hopefully like smoke with Seth Rogen, get Snoop on the pod. Hey, maybe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There are some like big uh, stoners that we haven't had on this podcast yet who might uh, perk up and take notice if we win Cannabis Podcast of the Year at the MJs. So. Sarah Silverman. Yes. Hell yes. Chelsea. Chelsea Handler, please. Goals. Dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, moving on to a couple more plugs. Yeah. OK, please. great. Because boom, bop. We have Weed and Grub Live coming up on September 28th. Boom, 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 730. <laughs> you, can, you can check us out on YouTube uh, if you want to see our gorgeous graphic that was created uh, for this show by our friend Savannah. And uh, we're going to be at the Moxie downtown L.A. on September 28th. Show is at what time? Doors 7, show 7.30, giving yep. away a ton of edibles. I think we're going to have a baked potato bar. Yes. Tickets are free, and D we're going to have a banging lineup of comics. So I'm... let's say you're like, oh, I don't really like comedy. What would Do you like free edibles? And you're like, oh, I don't really like free edibles. Do you like an all-exclusive baked potato bar? Yeah. What are you talking about? Do you like hanging out with really cool people in a gorgeous lounge where like you're maybe going to see some fancy famous people because this hotel is in a fucking nexus of downtown LA. Also, you can just wander around like there's so much cool stuff. Downtown is a very interesting place to visit. And I love hanging out at the Moxie because like just in the radius of the hotel, like smoke a joint after the show, go for a walk, get some noodles at Pine and Crane, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, come to our Weed and Grub Live. It's a lot of giveaways, a lot of snacks 
jokes, a lot of stand-up comedy, a bunch of surprises, some fun trivia with the audience. It's a successful show. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it at such a fancy place. Yeah, we had such a blast at SF Sketchfest in February doing our Weed and Grub Live. We did. SF Sketchfest had a couple of notes. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you can't hotbox the theater. We didn't. Our fans did. They sure did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so to do this Weed and Grub Live. And I did. <laughs> yes, you did. At the Moxie uh, downtown, we have been asked to ensure that our uh, friends and fam who are coming to the show, we're all going to smoke outside together before and afterwards. It is a smoke-free event, um, but we will have edibles on hand. And it is going to be a fire lineup. And baked potatoes. And baked potatoes. Fucking A. Come on now. What's your baked potato topping? If you have if you, if you you have your own baked potato bar, how do you go? Butter, sour cream, salsa, bacon bits. No cheddar cheese. No shredded cheese. Oh, yeah. A little, a little shred on there for sure. How do you feel about a chive? Love a chive. How do you feel about a jalapeno? Um, no jalapeno for me. Chili? No, I don't like chili on okay. top of shit. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never been a fan of like a chili dog or any of that kind of stuff. Or I like want chili a... mac, you know, the spaghetti at like a steak and shake. What? Oh, man. When we go to St. Louis for Weed and Grub Live, okay. I'll take you to Steak and Shake. Okay. And I think it'll change your life. Steak and Shake is magical. They have great burgers. I know I'm a smash burger skeptic, but they have a great steak burger. Their milkshakes are second to none. And they have Chili Mac, which is like spaghetti with um, chili on it. And then you can add a bunch of different toppings. Okay. I definitely have to try this. Super I'm, Midwest. I'm ready. I'm, my mind is open. Yeah. I'm ready. My mind and my gullet are open. So you really only like chili as its own standalone bite? I love a bowl of chili. Like when we went to the Malibu chili cook-off and we just tried a bunch of different kinds of delicious chili in a bowl, great. But like as a topping on other things, like a chili dog, I feel like it's just a weird, I don't want the the sort of texture of the chili with this, the pop of the dog. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like a textural thing for me. It's not necessarily, I have a problem with the flavor combos, but I just want to eat chili on its own and not as a topping because as a topping, it kind of reminds me of puke. Ew, I can see that. Yeah. When you're walking down the street a night after, like a, an, a Sunday during brunch and you can see all the puke on the street from the night before. It's a lot of chili. It's a lot of chili. Yeah. Well, yeah. but wait, you've never, maybe this is like a Midwest pour kind of a thing where okay. you buy like, you know, at Aldi, a thing of noodles and a can of chili mm -hmm. and a can of Velveeta Oof. and you just mix it up and eat that for like a full day's three meals. You don't you've never done like chili with spaghetti before. I've done Frito pie. Isn't that the same thing where you just like rip open a bag of Frito chips and do chili and cheese and stuff in there? I think you're trying to associate your, yourself with something that you've never had by thinking of something tangential. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Because a Frito pie has like onions, like there's so many, a Frito pie is so different than okay. a chili mac in my opinion. I've never had any of the things you're talking about and I have no idea what any of it is like, so. Understood. I'm so open. your baked potato is? Mm -hmm. Butter, sour cream, salsa, chives, cheddar. Bacon. Bacon bits. Bacon bits. Mm -hmm. That's nice. I'd be right there with you. Sometimes the salsa gets a little soupy when it mixes with the sour cream for me. It, it gets a oh, you love that love little it. like wet yeah. kind of runoff. I do. A tributary of sour salsa. Yeah. Sliding around the I had a Southwest Cobb salad the other night that was just like a slop of salsa and sour cream and cheese and beans on top of some wet lettuce. And I slid it all around and slurped it up. <laughs> Loved it. I think you'll love it. I was also Mac very then. stoned. <laughs> And it was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I, I have come around I because I was, I'm was i trying to eat a little lighter now because especially because being on the road, sitting so much, oh my God. being in airplanes, like yeah. if I eat 
like I'm on the road. Um, I'm just going to get really fat, out of shape. My shows are going to suffer. So I'm trying to eat lighter. But God damn it. I had one of those salads the other day where I could have picked all the ingredients up and like formed them into a solid sloppy ball because it was so wet and sticky with all of the dressing and condiments and ingredients and sunflower seeds that I absolutely could have like rolled it into like an apple and ate that salad. I wouldn't be against a salad ball. Yeah. I feel like someone could launch that business. Salad Balls, Inc. I love it. Instead of a bowl, a ball. Mm-hmm. It's environmentally friendly. You're getting rid of the dish. You're just eating. It's like softball shaped. Yep. I could see it, especially Great. because you already have like a chicken Caesar wrap, right? Yes. And you also and you have a chimichanga, which it's, is just a fried burrito. Yep. So why not fry your salad? Or or just like wrap it in a big piece of wet iceberg lettuce and then just yeah, hand it to the person. <laughs> oh, like uh, what is that called? It's a wrap, yeah. but it's salad that's wrapped. <laughs> And it's in the shape of a ball. So glad we're back. And you have to be very high to enjoy it. <laughs> Come to Wait and Grub Live downtown at the Moxie, yeah. September 28th, uh, 7 p.m. doors, 7.30. Oh. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's free. Please come. It's going to be a lot of this and a lot of good comedy. And if you ever see our, our uh, new pop-up at the State Fair, the line is going to be short. <laughs> it will probably not be sold out of anything. So no, they're doing. Do you see those two fucking weirdos over there trying to sell salad balls? <laughs> oh, next to the funnel cake and the torpedo potato. Yeah, and the like giant <laughs> hot chocolate chip cookies, fucking delicious. The salad balls are a no go. Let me tell you that. But, but we could try. <laughs> Okay, a couple more shows. Oh, man. Uh, For me, September 20th at the Comedy Store, September 30th at the Hollywood Improv. And I think by the time this drops, I'll be back from the road with Joe Mandy. But hopefully those shows were great, too. Fantastic. That's so exciting that you're going to those. Uh, Where are you going with Joe? St. Louis, Chicago. Fuck yes. And uh, And then we are in Oakland. That's right. We're going to be at the Oakland Psychedelic Conference uh, September 15th. We're going to be there for the weekend. I think we're performing the night of the 15th. Yeah. And then you have your own show coming up. Yeah. I've got a My Sandwich, My Choice uh, show on October 5th at a spot in Venice called Little Lunch. And details are still coming together, but it's going to be 6 p.m. doors. And we're going to have sandwiches and speakers and comedy and like some vendors. And, you know, uh, a lot of the hopefully attention and proceeds will go to a reproductive rights organization. Um, And yeah, it's just like a fun way to get together and, um, you know, like shine some attention on the fact that, you know, rights are being rolled back around the country um, since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And so we need to keep shouting about it and funneling money to uh, the organizations that are trying to help people access abortion care. Awesome. So, but it'll be a fun night. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be my be. sandwich, my choice. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to serve sandwiches and it'll be a blast. Man, I love that all of our shows are basically like come support, get involved. There's going to be a charity element most likely, and we will have free food. Yeah. And great weed. <laughs> you can't miss. You can't miss. All that's going to be in our link tree. Yeah. That's right. Cool. And speaking of uh, fun shows and events that raised money for a good cause, Bobo. Yeah. The cat. My guy, our guy, your guy. Um, we uh, lost Bobo this August on yep. August 5th. And you had a show at the comedy store that raised $666 in Bobo's name to go to a pet charity. And that was best friends really charity. Cool. Yeah. Best friends charity. Perfect number. Just a hellion number for a hellion of an of an animal. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching our YouTube, you can see how gorgeous and fucking ferocious that cat was. Would you share a couple of Bobos? Like, actually, before you do, could I just share like 
to clear the air a bit because there was a bit of confusion at the comedy store. Um, producer Mark was there talking to the sound guy one night and he's like, yeah, I just did Glazer show. They raised a bunch of money for his cat. And Mark goes, Glazer doesn't have a cat. And then the guy's like, is he a sociopath? <laughs> is he lying about dead cats to steal money? Like what's going on? And then Mark goes, oh wait, is it Bobo? And he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, that's Mary Jane's cat. And then the sound guy's like, who's Mary Jane? And so the whole thing is messy, but it was easier for me to say Bobo is my cat mm -hmm. because we had a connection that I've never felt with any other animal before. We just understood each other on a psychic, cosmic soul level. And for me to always explain when we when he passed that he's your cat, but he's my cat because we were intertwined like that gets messy very quickly. So one, thank you, Mary Jane, for allowing me to call him, you know, my guy. Um, even though he lived with you and you two have had such a whirlwind adventure of lives together. So he, you were his guy though. Yeah. Like more than him being anyone's any guy, you were his guy. Like he really didn't give a fuck about most people. And when you showed up on the scene, he immediately got in your lap, sat on your back, would sleep next to you as often as he could. He would ask you for food. He would explore the fridge with you. He would steal your sandwich. He fucking, he loved you. And yeah. so I know that you guys had a special connection. And yeah, he was just great. I mean, he, so he came to me at age 13. He had belonged to Matt and Hilda Seidman and their family. And he had terrorized Brooklyn. He was the murderous lord of Brooklyn. He had murdered so many things that the neighbors had complained to the point where they put a shock collar on him. <laughs> so he couldn't go over their fence <laughs> to murder things. And, um, my friend Jamie lived next door to them and she said she would daily watch Bobo get up onto the fence and like steal his nerves to feel the shock and hop the fence anyway. <laughs> like that guy was, <laughs> they got him a neoprene lobster bib at one point to stop him from killing birds and shit. And he just like, it didn't matter. He was coming for you. He was coming for you, bib, shock collar and all. So he came to live with me. Wait, we have to do an act out of it. Okay. Just because I like, I like the, uh, like, you know, the idea of like, <laughs> oh Yeah. Just and steal it, like skirting <laughs> like and just like blood flying anywhere. Like that's such a Looney Tunes cartoon where you you ever see like Wiley e. Coyote get shocked and then keep walking and then get shocked again. Yeah. Yeah. It was exactly that. And then he would like go murder something and come back with blood dripping from his jaws. Yes. He so when he came to live with me in Sunset Park in Brooklyn, Archie and I had been living together for about a year. Archie was little at that point. And Bobo came to live with us and Archie was just like, oh no, <laughs> this cat moved in. But he was indoor, outdoor. So sometimes he would just depart for a couple of days and he would come back with like battle wounds because he was like dominating a new neighborhood in Brooklyn. And once he had dominated that whole neighborhood, he would come out on walks with us. So I would walk Archie on a leash and Bobo would just accompany us off the leash, like come with, it was just really Whoa. neat. Like we became a fur fam really quickly. When I was moving to Los Angeles, I contacted the Sidemans to be like, hey guys, I'm I'm leaving New York, I'm moving to LA, not sure what to do with Bobo, this indoor, outdoor, murderous warlord. And they were like, we're sure he'll love LA. <laughs> so he came to Los Angeles and he, he was immediately put into retirement. He was no longer an outdoor cat. So then he just had to murder ham sandwiches and your finger. Yep. Or, you know. Your whatever. eyes. Your, yeah. Like I would often wake up with him smelling my eyes to see if I was dead so he could eat me. <laughs> <laughs> and when I came back, I was away this summer for a really long time, six weeks. When I came back, the first thing he did was bite me so hard that uh, he drew blood. <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, Jesus, did you miss me? He just let me know he was not pleased that I had been gone that long. So oh. RIP Bobo, the greatest cat ever. I will miss him. I'm missing him so much now. It's it's kind of weird to be at my house without him. Yeah, I but look at lived, his pictures all the time. Yeah, 21 years though. Yeah. He lived for 21 years. I want to share one story before we move on too, because um, in those last two or three days that he was with us, um, he was having a lot of trouble and this is going to be a fun, positive story. So stay with me through the, you know, preamble, but, um, he was having a lot of trouble walking. His blood pressure was low, um, eating and drinking food. It was all a struggle. We were coming to the end of a really long, prosperous, vicious life filled with like, you know, love, blood, guts, and tears and wonderful terrorizing. And so he was having trouble walking and I was helping him walk to what I thought was to get a drink of water or to use the restroom. But instead with like his last steps and his last strength before he was all tuckered out, he walked past the pee box, he walked past the food and he immediately walked to Archie's bowl and just started eating all of Archie's <laughs> food. He was like one last fuck you, dude. And I was like, that is my kind of guy who like, what's your last meal? Somebody else's stuff just cause I gotta get one more win and and that's a victory and i just like loved that so much and it, it just i don't know class act i love him he was relentless yeah yeah that's it he's a good fucking guy yeah so shout out bobo shout out bo um fuck yes he used to love to look in the fridge and see what was in the fr oh my god i have okay can i move on from bo to it to a different topic that has been troublesome for me oh yeah of course um i can't buy a certain food anymore because when I opened the freezer, if I had any of it, I would just have to eat all of it. Whoa. It has become my kryptonite. Um, <laughs> Isn't that a fun picture? When <laughs> you we pulled up when I said I was going to talk about food kryptonite. Yeah, I was like, I, I typed in hot superwoman kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> that was this the first is me one. on my knees in front of my freezer <laughs> when I have, okay, the <laughs> The Haagen-Dazs Churro Ice Cream Bars Dulce de Leche. Do you know about this shit? I've never fucking heard of this. I was randomly in the CVS about a month ago. I just got back from Portugal. Bobo had just died. Mm. And I was sad as fuck. And I was like, I'm at the CVS picking up some fucking face cream and shampoo or whatever. I might as well go over to the ice cream section and see what's going on. And it was on sale. They're three to a box. It's Haagen-Dazs churro ice cream bars dulce de leche. Do I need to say what that is? Do you understand what it is? It's a lot of words and they're all foreign. So, you know, I wouldn't mind a little bit of it's explanation. It's a churro ice cream with dulce de leche swirls and like a caramel coating that has crunchy churro pieces in it. Christ. Fuck off. Fuck off. And oh, and giving you only three? That is a dubious, dubious sales technique. Three is too many, though, because I could eat three <laughs> in one sitting, which I did the you other did? day. I bought them. I think I've bought them four times now. And the first time I ate one and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's good. And I managed to like eat one a day for the first three days. And then the next time I went back to the CVS, I think I ate two that first day. And I was like, well, I shouldn't be doing that. And I saved one for the following day. The last time I just ate all three in one sitting while watching Marcella uh -huh. on Netflix. Murder plus ice cream is just fucking my jam. <laughs> while stoned. Murder plus ice cream equals my jam. Stoned on an edible murder plus ice cream. This is literally like as good as an orgasm for me, basically. Congrats. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so glad you found that for yourself. And um, yeah, that was my intimate pleasure that night was all three housed the entire box Woke up the next morning with the wrappers next to my bed and I was like, well, that's it. I can't do it anymore. Damn. Can't do it. 
And the CVS is, well, I don't want to dox you, but you know, you could make it there. They're like, oh no, here she comes. <laughs> well, this is the problem though. I just discovered that they sell these at the Smart and Final as well in Ooh. bigger boxes. Ooh. So I'm just avoiding the ice cream aisle for now. I'm, avo- I'm off ice cream for a minute. Really? Yeah. My body got super abundant this summer and I'm, uh, I gotta, you know, it's fall time. I gotta slim down. Okay. Yeah. That's so good to know that that's your kryptonite food though. Do you have a kryptonite food? Uh, I do go in waves. Yeah. Definitely. Let's hear it. Um, uh, I, for a while there, especially this summer and, and actually right around the bow time too, okay. um, a frozen pizza with a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Wow. And I would just get like, what's you your know, pizza? It that goes between oh, this is so like bougie and gross, but there's a one I really enjoy from Whole Foods. It's an almond flour crust, and oh my I can't God. remember the name. So... Great. Oh, oh yeah, almond flour crust. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude! Are you from St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. I'm about to have emos too. Okay. But yeah, it's an almond flour crust. Uh huh. It's great. It's a nice size. Mm-hmm. All the toppings are like you know. Because you do well good. with gluten free, right? You feel better. Uh, it's helped my eczema. Okay. It's helped my guts. So that's legit. It's legit. Okay. It's real shit. But also these things are like twelve ninety nine. Wow. For a frozen pie. Um, but I get that. Look, I'll t- I've talked about it in stand up. I'm not going to do the bit. Come see me at a show and then I'll do it. But my move is I put the frozen pizza in the oven, 425 or whatever. And then I put the Ben and Jerry's on top of the stove oh. for the last like six minutes of cook. So that as that's done, I can pull out the pizza and the Ben and Jerry's is perfectly melted so that I can take little sips of the ice cream while I eat the pizza. Milkshake style. Milkshake style. And because it's Ben and Jerry's, you got your swirls, you got your clusters, you got your goo, you got your brownie bits. Wow. Uh, And so that's that's my like kryptonite combo meal. For sure. Fuck yes. With a with a joint. Look at this. Look how much I've been smoking out of this stupid thing. My little personal pipe just covered covered in uh, we can clean this for you you know i (laughs) have a way to just clean this super easy what is it it's just vinegar and baking soda truly yeah yeah like there are all sorts of cool products that we could buy to like clean all the glass and stuff but i have a beautiful little um glass sherlock pipe that liz made me that's busy from uh the send us flowers podcast and i uh, was fig- trying to figure out a way to clean it without any of the special products. And then I just threw some baking soda and vinegar into a pint thing and submerged it and swirled it around a few times, used a pipe cleaner, and it's gorgeous and shiny. We can do that for you. Thank you, please. Oh, yeah. I have one more kryptonite food. This, okay. this is very vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. My big problem right now mm-hmm. is I don't measure anything when I cook. So when it comes to making popcorn from kernel, I just cover the whole bottom of the nonstick pan and mm. pop it up until the lid pushes off of the pan and the popcorn's falling on the floor. You know, a real Willy Wonka popcorn thing. I was eating popcorn so mindlessly and fast the other night while watching Iron Chef on um, Peacock that my nose started running. And I just started laughing to myself because I was like, slow down, boy. Like your body can't keep up with your consumption and like liquid is pouring out of your body to make room. Like this is crazy. My nose was running. I was eating popcorn so fast. Your body was evacuating. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, whoa, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Fucking wild. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is your face so disgusted? (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of kryptonite, maybe this is a good place to shout out our uh, galaxy treats. 
which are a freaking awesome uh, brand that is hemp derived. They're made in the USA. They don't make your nose run. They don't make your nose run. And they are uh, third party lab tested. And we got a bunch of different flavors. Yeah. There's Mars Mango up on the screen there. And then I've got Blue Raz Rocket. Uh, we got solar Where's strawberry sour kush? belts. What are, what are these? The um, tropical Kush. Oh, gummies. these are the solar strawberry sour belts. Hell yeah! Ooh, I love a sour belt. Way more yeah. than like a like a like a um. What are those sour candies? Uh, sugar, not sugar daddies. Garbage patch kids. Not garbage patch kids. Sour. I don't know. Sour patch kids. Sour patch. Sour patch kids. <laughs> Garbage Patch Kids. That was Garbage Pale Kid. No, Jesus, we're getting. I love sour belts. Yes, sour belt is like my candy move. And that's not going to make your nose run. It's not. This is awesome. Watching a movie. Solar Strawberry from Galaxy Treats. This is the one for me. Awesome. Yeah, Um, they offer a selection, hundred percent. Uh, 100% hemp-derived, uh, delicious way to relax, unwind, and chill. All their products are manufactured in the United States from industrial hemp yep. and are third-party lab tested. Third-party lab tested is fantastic, and you can check out everything at galaxytreats.com. And the price is right. Uh, I love their tagline. They're like, you don't have to buy the whole galaxy. You can just buy a few planets and not let a, let a hefty price tag ruin your worry-free flight to the moon. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just fun branding, and they're they're affordable, and they're all industrial hemp like we said, lab tested, and you can use our code weed and grub for 25% off. Yeah, do it. And I think they shipped all 50 states. Yep. They ship everywhere that hemp derived cannabinoids are legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tea party tested. Tea, tea party tested by the Boston Tea or the, the political movement? Yeah. I was trying to think of a third party joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're tested by the tea party <laughs> from 2010. <laughs> Galaxy Treats, <laughs> tested by the Tea Party. Tested by the Tea Party. No, they're awesome. Check them out and um, use the discount code Weed and Grub, all one word, for 25% off. Yeah. And also, thank you for sponsoring this up. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to our sponsors. If you enjoy our podcast, please check out our sponsors because they help us keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Is that a good place for the news? Man, I it is, but I don't know enough about this news story to know if it's good or bad. Okay, it's interesting. It's complicated. Okay. Um, it's being reported all over the place that uh, the Biden administration is considering rescheduling cannabis from Schedule 1 to a Schedule 3 drug. And so I just pulled up a bunch of information from uh, an article on Politico, politico.com, mm-hmm. about it. And I kind of just wanted to read through it because it is a fairly complex um, issue and I don't want to get any of the facts wrong. So I'm actually just going to do a little reading here. Can we go slow? Yes. And please ask questions. I and will. then I'm also, we're, we're also going to throw up a graphic to, um, that helps me understand it a little better too, because it's, it's, it's a thorny issue. So the Biden administration's Department of Health and Human Services is recommending that the DEA loosen federal restrictions, but has not, um, advised that it be removed entirely from the Controlled Substances Act. So it's been listed as a Schedule One drug on the Controlled Substances Act since the 70s. And that Schedule One means that it has no medical use and a high potential for abuse. And it's listed along with like LSD and heroin. So basically, do you remember last November when Biden uh, came out and did that whole brouhaha of like, we're going to review federal marijuana policy. And he issued the pardons for like low level marijuana offenders. Part of what that whole thing was, was also having this like year long federal review of cannabis and its schedule on the Controlled Substances Act. And so now the health agency, the Department of Health and Human Services says that they want the drug moved from schedule one to schedule three, which would be the biggest 
change in federal drug policy in freaking decades. Well, that sounds good to me. It it does. And a lot of people are very, very pro this. However, it would keep it scheduled as a drug, meaning that you would have to be a pharmaceuticals maker or a drug company to be able to access legally making this. It would still have it under the purview of the 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 controlled substances act it would still be a controlled substance um is alcohol or anything no, like that alcohol is not and okay. tobacco is not okay Fucking great question so um schedule three drugs are categorized as having so we're, schedule one is like no medical use high potential for abuse lsd heroin and cannabis schedule three would mean that uh it's categorized as having moderate to low potential for physical and psychological dependence and that category includes ketamine and anabolic steroids like testosterone for instance interesting so the recommendation is the result of a nearly year-long federal review um and Advocates and a bunch of lawmakers have urged Biden to remove cannabis completely from the CSA versus rescheduling it because they say that rescheduling it won't solve a lot of the problems that they've been asking the Biden administration to correct. And there was a quote here from Justin Streckall, who's a uh, cannabis activist. He has a a political action committee called Bullpack. He's fantastic. I've interviewed him a couple of times. And he says, rescheduling cannabis from one to three does not end criminalization. It just rebrands it. People will still be subject to criminal penalties for mere possession, regardless of their legal status in a state level, level, sorry, in a state level medical program. Yeah. uh, Okay. So, well, here's the next thing that we can talk about. If you want to swipe to the next slide. Is this moving on or are we still on this quote because that I have a couple problems. Oh with yeah, that let's quote. Chat, chat about the quote. The quote to me, I understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's saying it's not enough. Mm-hmm. But I also it's my understanding that in places like New York and here in LA, um like stop and frisk is over. It's like if you have it's like it's like flying through the airport with weed now. It's like you might have it, yeah it's illegal, but we don't fucking care. There are bigger fish to fry. So the idea of moving it from schedule one to schedule free three and them saying like yes but it's still illegal and this and that I'm not hearing about as many arrests happening across the country. I'm not hearing about as many people going to jail. I'm hearing about a couple of fines for a couple of large, large, large quantities that are over um, like an excessive amount that's being moved as weight. Mm -hmm. But I'm not hearing about individual offenses nearly as much anymore. So the idea of this being a step towards dilution and legalization and freedom makes sense to me. He's calling it out as not enough, but I don't necessarily agree with that quote because I don't think that cops are... At least from well, what I'm reading, well, not California and New York, from but from what I'm reading, and Alaska and all these other places. Yeah, but if you're in fucking Tennessee, but it's not or legal Arkansas, in Tennessee. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like this is talking about federal policy, federal policy. But everything so, has been given up to state by state, and then within that district to district, and then actually like township to township, right? In sure. a lot of places, sure. So if it's on a federal level, they're kind of washing their hands of it a little bit more, and then it's still up to us as voters in our cities, states, and. Um, communities to vote for these things, then it's at a state level and it's scheduled, scheduled, like, it's almost like they're like, look, we're going to not make it legal, but at a state level, vote, use your voice and make a difference within your own community. Right. I think that's a good point that this would not necessarily mean that states would pay any attention to federal cannabis policy because they haven't up until now. Is that what you're that's saying? That's what like, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Because obviously federal cannabis policy dictates that it's a schedule one drug and yet we have this booming cannabis quasi legal cannabis industry where everyone's been like fuck it we don't give a fuck what the federal government says we're going to do this as you say 
state by state and municipality by like in California, for instance, when Prop 64 passed that legalized uh, cannabis for adult use at the state level. But then there were all of these municipalities that said, no, we don't want it. So there's like something like 70 percent of Californians who don't have access to legal weed because their towns and townships said no. There's so many. I think we were in Oregon where we had to drive. We were doing a gateway show in Oregon Mm -hmm. uh, or no, it was Colorado. And we were we had chosen Denver, Colorado Springs, and Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. And in Colorado Springs, we couldn't buy anything because it was medical. And the rest of our venues in all those other cities was wreck. So mm-hmm. we could just go to the dispensary. And in Colorado Springs, we we're like, oh, it's medical here. Right. Oh, we what do we do? That's the funny thing. It's so piecemeal and patchwork and way like too big for uh, you know, one federal policy to come in and just regulate everything all at once. So th- can we just show that? Sure. So Brian- I just wanted to call that out because totally. it's like, you know. Yeah, okay. I feel you. So Brian Box Brown is an amazing cannabis a- uh, activist, advocate, and cartoon artist who does a strip called Legalization Nation. Um, he's coming out with a book this fall, I believe, actually, of Legalization Nation strips. And his stuff is so great because it's, you know, comics as activism. It boils the issue down. It helps you understand it. It helps you talk about it. And this particular strip that he just came out with was about this rescheduling. So he says, in a weak move that helps almost no one, the Health and Human Se- Services Secretary has recommended moving cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. The entire Controlled Substances Act, and particularly cannabis's place in it, was based on racism, not science, as we know from the Nixon aide who has admitted on the record to saying that they created it as a way to control um, populations, especially people of color and the hippies who were against the war. Yep. So we know that the Controlled Substances Act and the reason that cannabis is Schedule One has nothing to do with science. It's it truly about racism and controlling people. Right. And so then he says, uh, Schedule 3 is only created and distributed by pharmaceutical operators like ketamine and anabolic steroids are. So if it were federally legal under Schedule 3, weed would still be obtained the, you know, that same way through pharmaceutical operators. And he also points out that it would allow tax exemptions federally, but it wouldn't solve the banking crisis because Schedule 3 drugs are still a problem for banks. So I'm not sure exactly. We, I don't know the ins and outs of Schedule 3 drugs with banking, but a big thing about cannabis being rescheduled or descheduled would the, the banking crisis is the fact that state level legal operations cannot access banking. Right. Um, but, so, OK, there's a lot to unpack in those two slides. So I just yeah. want to like move a little slower, if you don't mind, sure. because the first thing when you were reading about moving it to Schedule 3, where it can be distributed by pharmaceutical operations like ketamine is mm-hmm. if you get ketamine treatments or Which anabolic I have. or anabolic steroids mm-hmm. if you're in a marvel movie you know right. anything like that <laughs> some hgh yeah when you if you're kumail nanjiani and you go to the doctor mm-hmm. and you're like i have a marvel movie coming up and they're like we can give you a prescription oh for no that. i think that was all him <laughs> working I know out it was. I, know, I think i, I think kumail actually <laughs> did that by himself tom cruise on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> Kumail was on Doughboys actually talking about how he doesn't really want to ever do that again. Um, right. He was writing down all of his food and he was like, Ugh. it was a hard habit to break. Like, I, uh, it was cool. It was cool to hear him openly talk about how tough that was and what it's done to him um, physically and mentally yeah. to prepare for that role. Yeah. You, like you can develop disordered eating. Yeah. In an interesting way. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's what he was saying, but I can only imagine like. He was using his words carefully. Mm-hmm. You know, Being in tip top shape like that and writing everything down can also lead to. Yeah. So I yeah. guess slippery slope. Right. So the thing I wanted to bring up about how it's um how this says that it's for pharmaceutical operators mm-hmm. my first thought was like oh 
we are headed towards a federal legalization where all of the lobbyists and all the pol politicians are working towards how big of a piece of the pie can we get? Because right. we do know there are um, uh, articles and journalists journalists out there writing about how um, what are those huge pharmaceutical companies that are trying to um, patent terpenes and patent like molecular um, structures of cannabis so mm -hmm. that they can be the people who own the rights to like linalool and stuff like that. Sure. So moving it to schedule three is absolutely for big business and huge capitalism. And the fact that Amazon no longer drug tests and they're going to be a massive shipper mm -hmm. once inter, uh, once inter interstate travel is allowed between farms like all of this schedule threeing yes maybe front facing they're like we're doing it we're doing it but absolutely on the back end it does sound like it's for big pharma to rake up billions if not trillions at yeah. the end of the day it would open up profits legally for federal entities like big pharma for yeah. sure and crush mom and pops even further yeah crush small business to the point of you will you you can't so to get into the banking crisis not only can you not put your money safely in a bank from your legal business and you have to carry cash and you're getting robbed every other week and you're having to pay so much for security, not to mention all the taxes and all the new taxes that we're adding all the time to just eventually squash you as hard as we can. But now we're moving it to schedule three to allow these trillion dollar industries to pick up what's left and control all of it. Yeah. And, you know, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. There are all of these massive state and, you know, multi-state operating cannabis companies that have you know, at this point, staked their claim in these markets, these massive markets, California, Florida, New York, Oklahoma, Michigan, Illinois, that you, you can't put them, the genie back in the bottle with any of them and say that, you know, now you can no longer conduct business with this legal under state law cannabis operation that you've, you've created. Like they can't just shut all of those down, can they? I guess we don't know. We don't know. And, the, you know, the, the prevailing thought is that, that this is definitely going to happen. It will be rescheduled, that Biden will do this ahead of next year's election in order to drum up some goodwill amongst the marijuana movement. And then it's interesting because when you read all of the op-eds, like if you go over to marijuanamoment.net, which is where we've gotten a lot of our news from, there's a very pro this move op-ed from someone who is in the cannabis industry. But I think that, again, people who are uh, like high up in corporate cannabis might see this as good because it will make it easier for uh, the big players who have the money to come in and, and work with it. But like you say, the mom and pop and the small farms who can't afford to work within the regulations that are already happening at the state level. And this is just going to put more regulations on them to regulate it as a, a like a fully new you know, like you can't just hop in and all of a sudden like operate under pharmaceutical laws. Yeah. I hope truly what my biggest, my biggest hope for all of this is that there, because there's so much distrust, I feel like in the government right now on both sides, Democrat, Republican, whatever your alignments are, whatever your views are, I think there's a deep distrust within the government. And then how the opioid crisis was again, completely manufactured. And there was a couple slaps on the wrist for decimating like San Francisco, for instance, like, mm. you know, it's like all. And so my hope is that people, when this goes federally legal, um, I was just in Alaska and mm -hmm. a, people are wearing shirts that say Alaskan grown with pride. People are shopping from Alaskan shops. People like you have your big chains there, you have your Starbucks, but everybody with pride and for each other mm -hmm. is shopping locally and Alaskanly. And I think <laughs> that if if when these pharmaceutical companies that you can go to your Rite Aid and get your blueberry kush or whatever it is, instead you don't 
and you get it from the store next door. Yeah. And you kind of don't trust the pharmaceutical company right. to do uh to do you any good. You definitely don't trust the pharmaceutical company to grow fucking straight fire or good weed. You go to the traditional market. I mean, that's so much of what we're seeing here in California. The people who for those who know and really actually care about great cannabis, they are not buying it legally. Yeah. The people who are with the incredible genetics and who are truly still moving the entire industry movement forward with developing like all of the new strains and really into just what the plant actually means as a plant and as a substance that they truly fucking love and they don't see it as a commodity and a way to make a bunch of fucking money or they do see it as a way to make a bunch of money, but they're certainly not fucking paying taxes and regulations on it. Sure. That's the the illicit, the traditional market is strong and it's because the people who really care about weed, a lot of them never got regulated. So they're going to continue operating outside that, you know. And so what is the government going to like ramp up the drug war again against the tradition? Like, it's just so There's interesting no to see. It's just it's wild. It's thorny. It's complicated. I guess it's a positive move in the sense that it would be a shift in federal drug policy. But it remains to be seen who it really benefits and why. And to like keep a keep a sharp eye on it, as you know, we have been for a long time. And always looked at people like Shaleen Title, who is the head of the Parabola Center. She's an incredible bug bug policy, drug policy um, activist. And um, follow her online and just see what she has to say. Brian Box Brown, again, is a great person who will always break it down for you in a cool way to understand with his work. You know, follow Beer Bros. Yeah. We're also doing a lot of great coverage. Um, follow you. You know, follow, yeah, follow Weed and Grub. Check out what I'm writing about at any given moment. Are there any other parts? Because uh, I, I feel like we've hit a lot and it's an important news story. So yeah. we're getting deep. Are there other pieces of this slide that we should touch on? Because no. this is a big move for um, the federal government to have made. I, I think we're I think we're through. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Just looking at this. Yeah. Alcohol, Boom, yep. tobacco. Um, are, you're uh, not allowed to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. OK. Great. Um, I I could talk about uh, something that I did just write that was cool that made me think about um, consumption of cannabis. Is that the slide that we're on now? It is. This is the when when you said I want to talk about overconsumption. I again I I like Google Images. My algorithm is popping. I thought this was a funny one. What is what is happening with this? This is guy? a man who holds the world record for taking the biggest dab. Oh God. And uh, this is what he looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> it's so crazy. Can I add an asterisk to that? Sure. This is not for like uh, pain management or help with cancer no. or something. This is a gentleman who probably... Gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a gentleman. A gentleman. This is a bro. <laughs> this is a dab bro. Full send. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so overconsumption. Yeah, a gentleman who you were gonna say? Oh, I mean, we hit it. The jokes yeah. were made. He did the he did the Graham dab, and his he looks like his face is sliding off his bones. Yeah, not good. Have you ever seen anyone do a Graham dab at like a cannabis cup or anything? I think this one was two point seven. Oh my god. Um, I I've seen what it looks like. Yeah, I don't have any interest in doing it. I, I think probably throughout a day, yeah. I've grammed out, but that's a day like here and there, and then at night. But never all at once in some kind of 
proving ground. I don't even know what would. I, Man, it's not for me. Is yeah. all I can say. I remember it was such a bummer, like a, with the rise of dab culture, because obviously, look, dabs are incredible. Concentrates are amazing. They're great medicine. They're you know we love Puffco and like all of the work that they're doing for hash and hash culture. What a cool and amazing thing hash is as a concept. Like there, there are so many beautiful things about concentrates and hash culture. But I do remember when I was working at High Times and it was like the rise of the dab, and we were going to these cannabis events. People were taking dabs and passing out. You know, we we actually perfected as as like a staff the dab grab, which was where if someone was doing a dab for the first time, you would stand behind them because more often than not they would keel over and you would oh, want to make sure wow. that they didn't fucking hurt themselves going down. Like there were seasons. There's a guy stoners. holding a salad ball behind them. <laughs> Turkey leg and a salad ball. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I visited the weed and grub booth. And got this fucking salad ball. Can put it under his nose, yeah. wake him up. <laughs> yes. Secondary use of smelling salts. That's what it's good for. <laughs> So, but I, I truly do remember a couple of the people who I worked with who were like seasoned, beyond seasoned, like elderly stoners who had been with High Times for decades were alarmed. They were like, this is not cool. This is not a good look. Like, this feels dangerous. And then like the terms like tree basing started floating oh, up and Jesus. everyone was like, oh God, you know. So I think we've like come through the worst of that and people really do understand concentrates or something to be like approached with care nowadays. I don't see this. And they're kind delicious. And they're, I listen. I'm sorry, but you want to talk about more flavor? Mm. Oh, man. Using a Puffco, uh, for me, it's a proxy. I love the proxy because it's just easy to carry, easy to manage. I got the new Peak Pro. Motherfucker, yeah. man. Finding a great concentrate, it, it, you can taste the fruit. It's a clear-headed high. Yeah. I don't go through nearly as much as I do when it comes to flour. Like everything about it for me is awesome, except for when I. I see somebody coughing and drooling and then <laughs> coughing some more. And I'm just like, y'all, God damn, man. Like, yeah. why? Why? And also cover your mouth. I'm sorry. But like there is another part of dab culture that I hate. And it is the Ugh. open mouth cough. Gross. Stop it. Yeah. Crick, okay. crick of your elbow, please, everybody. Please. please. I do. Yeah. Like full melt hash in a Puffco Peak Pro is like getting kissed on your little third eye by God. It is mm. beautiful. I've had some wonder. I don't dab publicly because I don't like being that high when I'm around people that I don't know. But when I'm at home, it's a beautiful experience. But like that whole idea of overconsumption is something that I was chatting um, with Vanessa Lavarado about because I just profiled her for High Times. I think it comes out in the November issue. And we were chatting about how, so she was on Bong Appetit for 40 episodes and she, you know, has been around like high consumption culture for a very long time. She was saying how she's like, you know, drinking culture, I never fucking wanted to do like shots and, you know, keg stands and whatever. And she's like, same with weed culture. I don't want to do bong rips and like gram dabs. And then she just gave a little wink and she said, it feels like it's part of the patriarchy. And I, she, of course, it was just like <laughs> went down into my little feminist heart and I was like, I've never actually thought of it like that, but fuck yeah. Like doing bong rips and hot knives in basements with dudes who ultimately really were just trying to fuck me. Mm -hmm. uh, just like guys who were ordering rounds of shots they just pass out on top of you? No, dude. Dabbed like, out? What are you talking about? Like, I, being so high and having sex to me sounds like a nightmare. Oh, no. These guys like, wanted to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it sounds like like two black holes with nothing in their head oh, trying no. to mash together. Doug Mason's basement on fucking Gower Street. Go down in that basement, get that blowtorch going, do a couple of hot knives, and then you fucking really? go to Poundtown. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. All Absolutely. Right. Interesting. I'm so glad you're open to talk about it because like, I can't yeah. imagine being super, super high and trying to like have a have a 
sexual connection and get off. Uh-huh. That sounds like a I nightmare. I definitely ended up in situations when I was like at that age, a teenager, really getting way too baked and being in uncomfortable situations with guys where I wasn't necessarily able to extricate myself in the way that I would have were I not so fucking uh-huh. stoned. And or peer pressured into getting that stone yeah. too. Yeah. And oh my God, I just recently got... I was out with someone who was a kind of like a new person that I didn't know very well. And we were smoking uh, a blunt in a public park and I was good. And I said I was good. And they were like really pressuring me to smoke more. And I was oh, like, past that, that just shit. feels like, yeah, that feels like archaic to me. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you. So anyway, I just thought it was really interesting that Vanessa, who, you know, obviously can hang with, you know, the oh, yeah. greatest stone. I mean, she's she's gotten... She's made her reputation of like making incredible edibles that are fucking high dose and feel great. But she was like, let's stop this with the overconsumption or the need to like, you know, meet up, match up, stay in like, because I really do. I had a very weird sort of like series of experiences where I was like working cannabis cups and I was living in the house with all of these like hardcore stoners. And I've never been a high dose person or a high tolerance person for anything. Small amounts of everything affect me a lot. Except Hagen Dazs. Except, <laughs> that's right. I'm yeah. a high dose Hagen Dazzer. <laughs> But like every, I, I like, you know, this from getting any substance with me, yeah. like any of the various things that we've enjoyed when together. When we tried Molly, Molly, I was like, all right, put them all in my mouth. And you're like, I'll have a corner of one and then go from there. I was like, yeah. that's a better idea. And then it's fun. And then you can maintain and then you can titrate and then you can have like an experience where you feel like you're not out of control. I love eating a handful of mushrooms. I'm not going to do that in front of a bunch of strangers. Yeah. I'm going to do that when I'm safe and I'm in a place where I really want to have that experience in a safe blah. So the overconsumption part, being part of the patriarchy, I just thought was such an interesting, it's it. like, it does really feel like that is, uh, something that is, you know, it's the pressure from, from the men, you know, and like, I've definitely talked to a lot of female stoners about it who are like, yeah, I just never really liked smoking until I started smoking with groups of women. Yeah. And then I realized I smoked less and felt safer and could enjoy the whole experience more. So I love that overconsumption is a part of the patriarchy. Well, also <laughs> there was that part in the Barbie movie when they were all on the beach. Yeah. And uh, they were singing, I want to push you around while I will. And it was Ryan Reynolds and then um, his nemesis, Simu Lee. Mm-hmm. And then the third guy was taking those dabs and coughing all over her and drooling into the sand. Do you remember that? I got to watch it again. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe I saw a director's cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were over at Greta's house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. We're past it. Stop it. We're past it. I I I made a little sandwich. I made a sandwich video about it, and my friend uh, Lucy commented, "Being a ladette, she's English, and she was like, being a ladette is so nineties." And I was like, "Yeah, trying to like hang in that way where you're like just one of the guys." Um, and not to say like, there are tons of women who are super fucking high consumption, high dosers. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's it's not serving anyone to force you to get higher than you want to be. Roger is doing a great job at that too. If you're not following at Jolly Roger, he's doing these talks right now. He has these reels and is these live streams, um, where he's talking about like, however you consume is valid, Mm -hmm. but don't make me be a part of your consumption in any way. And so like PuffCon is coming up and I love PuffCon and everyone there is at different tolerances, different things. We're all sharing different like hashes. It's beautiful, but nobody there is calling each other a little bitch boy for not wanting to take another hit. It's like, cool, more for me. Thanks so much. Yeah. He's created a culture really, that is forward thinking and not this like old 
bullshit way. So. And he's done it in this beautiful way. I totally agree with you where he's like, he's it's hash education for the culture and the people who actually care about cannabis and hash, marrying it with this great technology to allow you to have an experience where he really wants the tech to almost disappear. So you're just like in conversation with the hash or the concentrate itself. And he's not trying to talk to people who don't care about weed. Like that's part of yeah. the whole, like he's not trying to like move, move into like the soccer mom contingent or like, you know, try and appeal to like the fucking athletic world or what he's like, no, I care about hash. I come from a community that cares about hash and cannabis. I developed these products for people who care about it. And look, he's built this fuck. It's worked. It's yeah. working. He's built this fucking empire. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to get through, but we haven't recorded in months. So let's. Um, this is a five-hour do episode. I don't give y'all. a fuck. Hey, Joe Rogan, <laughs> you like that, you little bitch? Ooh, calling yeah, Joe Rogan. I'm calling a bitch. Joe Rogan a bitch. Jesus, till he puts me in an arm bar and <laughs> separates my shoulder from the rest of my body like Jax in Mortal Kombat One. Uh, wow, you're a real feminist ally nowadays, Mike. I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 okay. What are we moving on to? Um, have you heard of this sandwich? Okay. Let's talk about it. Have you it. heard of this sandwich? Well, what is it called again? Tell me. The Big Mac. Where did you see this? I was in Alaska flying from Anchorage to San Francisco, and there was a line outside the McDonald's, as they're always in, in every airport. But the very idea that they need to promote the Big Mac and the way they're promoting it is by saying, as featured in The Office, U.S., Coming to America, Seinfeld's The Boyfriend, Space Jam, and Loki Season 2, The Big Mac. The Big Mac. You Have you heard me, of this sandwich? You sent me this picture when you were waiting at that airport because I think you were bored and you needed some something to do. And you sent it to me and then we ended up having like a full on 20 minute fucking text thread about it because I was like... What the fuck are they talking about? The Big Mac as seen in <laughs> Loki season two. Like it just felt like one of those situations where they take a very famous person to try and sell like some second rate CBD yeah. fucking brand. They're like Willie Nelson promoting, you know, yeah. face smash. You're oh, like, man. I know what face smash is. Who's this guy? Yeah. Who's going? <laughs> what do you as seen? Also, the Big Mac as seen in Seinfeld, the boyfriend. That episode, I looked it up. That episode came out in 1992. <laughs> Why the fuck are you promoting a sandwich that the entire planet has heard of as being linked to an episode of a very good show uh -huh. that's 30 years, 31 years old? There are now two generations that have been bored. Everyone in that, that McDonald's was born after that episode came. Coming to America? That came out when I was a child. Also, it was not McDonald's. It was McDowell's in Coming to America. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, because they couldn't use McDonald's. So they changed the name. So as sort of seen in Coming to America, it just was like so insane. I was like, why are they? Prom so we came up with a theory Yeah, that this was some person who was like trying to impress their manager, maybe. Maybe so. And they're like, I've got it. I've got an idea to drive sales. I'm going to make a Big Mac display mm -hmm. to put outside so everyone can like know what this sandwich is yeah so uh you know let's say you have heard of space jam <laughs> you're gonna want to try the sandwich gonna... <laughs> listen guys it's two all beef patties special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions on a sesame seed bun i know it sounds like a risk <laughs> <laughs> very reasonably priced but i promise you it's in loki season two guys the Big Mac is in Loki. What the fuck is Loki? I don't even know what that is. Do you think that the lawyers for McDonald's were like, do we need to 
clarify the season that it's in oh. so people don't get it confused with a season one sandwich yeah what don't want to don't want to confuse it with the chick-fil-a uh chicken crunch or yeah legal's like which episode the of king long boy <laughs> Which episode of Seinfeld specifically? Yeah. Because we don't get, we can't have it be confused with the soup Nazi. Right, right. Yeah. We get out of the line. Yeah. Legal's like, <laughs> we'll run it by our guys and we'll get back to you. Yeah. When they got sued because that woman spilled hot coffee intentionally all over herself and sued them. I don't think it was intentional. Oh, okay, good. But either way, <laughs> they were like, we're not going to get dragged in court we're for <laughs> Seinfeld without clarifying. This is truly unhinged. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this was in Anchorage, you said? Yeah. There's not a whole lot going on at the Anchorage, Anchorage McDonald's. Anchorage is just as developed as anywhere else. And even if you were coming in, if you're a native, let's say you are living in like a small like community mm -hmm. in uh, in some ice flue that I don't know about. If you the 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 crux of it is somehow you have TV or movies okay. from the 90s. Sure. Yet. Yeah. You have never heard or seen. I don't know what it is. McDonald's. What? What is this crazy? What is it? The Big <laughs> Mac. Yeah. Fuck. That is like trying to. I don't even know. There are so many comparisons to be made. It's like. I don't even know. So, um, I would love. God damn it! I saw it. <laughs> hold on. Uh, I saw these like turtles eating it okay um, i saw and they were one of them had a staff one of them had nunchucks they were all wearing eye masks so you know which one was which okay i can't remember they were eating it was like a long disc with some kind of tomato oh weird and uh something melted on top i don't know but i, I see a picture of it over there <laughs> and so i guess i'll try it because those turtles seem to have loved it <laughs> whatever it is fucking funny it's the fuck? The fuck are you talking about? Oh, you yeah. mean pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wild. Also, I was just looking at our text thread and we were laughing because you said it's like the cup song 2.0. Oh, yeah. Which was when, was it J. Cole? J. Cole. And he has that, what's the song called? Fuck, now I can't remember. No, well, I call it the cup song because I'm like, oh, no, 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 in my cup. Yeah. And uh, it was just like. Middle child. Mid middle child. It's like identifying something by the exact completely wrong thing about it. Like the fact that the Big Mac was seen in Loki season two is definitely like not the most culturally relevant or iconic thing about this fucking sandwich. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if you met Ray Kroc? Let's say he's alive today. Uh -huh. Or even you're in a movie with Michael Keaton playing Ray Kroc mm -hmm. and you go up to him and you're like, Mr. Kroc, huge fan of Seinfeld's The Boyfriend. Oh my God. I couldn't <laughs> believe you got that placement. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> Worth a good you stupid bitch. laugh. I, oh. will, I hope that the guy who kissed ass and made that, uh, I hope he got promoted. Oh, I assumed it was a girl. Oh, I hope she got, I hope it whoever, felt, whomever. It felt um, uh, Tracy Flick-esque to me. Is she the one in election? Yes. That's Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Absolutely. It was very like fucking type A, like let's get this sign out here about this Big Mac sandwich so we can get the word out. Oh, man. Uh, how many? OK, what is the percentage of people mm -hmm. who know what the Big Mac Big Mac is versus know that The Office was a UK show That's before the US? The crazy thing, The Office, the US version, shout mm -hmm. it out right here. Nobody in the US knows that there was a UK version of The Office unless, you know, you're a smart person. But like just generally people who watch. Well, that's mean to say, but like just people who watch TV 
don't know or care or care at all. Yeah. And also the US version was way more popular and a bigger deal and went for way longer and was a better show. It IMO. was a better show. Well, <laughs> they don't have those weird accents that no one can understand. <laughs> like my entire family. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine your conversations around the dinner table. And then you chime in. Cool. Well, you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling spicy at the end. Okay, let's. I have. I have carry a. On. I have a couple, a couple more things. Couple more things. Okay, let's do it. Um, I just want everyone to know this is a PSA about the TSA. Okay. If you have PreCheck, they are now doing something called biometric processing, and there is a small sign that says, "We will take your facial pick your facial picture. We'll take this picture that we take of your." <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm heated. We'll take this picture of your face. And then we will use the data and use it not only across government boards for like facial recognition mm -hmm. systems, but the biometrics will be used in all of these different ways that you're not privy to. And all it is is a picture of your face and they call it, un they say the reason they want to take these biometric photos of you during TSA pre-check instead of just checking your ID like normal and what you signed up for is because they're trying to do away with unnecessary conversations and transactions with the TSA agent between you and them to save time. They're also using your picture to train AI to like fight humans. Fuck yeah. And take away your privacy so that just like in China, they've got those little facial recognition cameras in the corners. Mm. And if you dodge them or cover your face, the cops will arrest you because um, I didn't know about that. there's no privacy. And so like, it, look it up and they will <laughs> literally like come look up and say up. you have to take off your face covering when you cross these intersections so that the cameras can identify that's you. That's so the fun. law. Remember when I profiled that dispensary that fucking flopped so fast and they were trying to get people to take their hats off when they came in? Yeah, for the guy with the Glock said, hey, relax, take off your hood. Ta like, Enjoy I'm, this weed. It's fucking insane. Yeah. I'm not taking off my hat going so, into a dispensary. I, I don't have to wax on too much about it, but I want you to know there is a small sign if you have TSA pre-check that mm -hmm. says you can opt out of this. It is all voluntary. But when I was going through it, the TSA agent is tapping on the camera saying, look here, thank you, look here, thank you, look here. And the line's moving fast. And I said, I'm good, I'll do it the old way. And he like kind of sneered at me and took my ID, scanned it. And then the woman behind me goes, oh, you can do that? And then he goes, would you like to opt out she goes yeah i'd like to opt out of that camera so just know there's a little sign it is all voluntary but they don't want you to know that they want to steal your privacy they want to steal your identity and they want ai technology to move at a quick pace so that tsa pre-check which is already kind of theater also now becomes this whole fucking rigmarole because they have clear yeah which takes your eyes away like you're giving right. away your eyes to cut in front of me in line to get to your gate faster and pick your boogers I mean, and I... try this sandwich whatever it's called i can't remember the name so i do love getting to a gate nice and fast yeah but don't give away your eyes no for i'm it. not giving away my eyes i am tsa pre-check thank you for this psa i will be looking for that i will bypass it if possible it is funny to reconcile this version of you who also, I know, avoids the full body scanner at the airport and you get the old fucking wand and pat down Yep. with the dude who, when we were in Las Vegas with Anastasia Sin, wanted an implant put into your hand and I actually talked you out of it. You did talk me out like, of it. I was like, Mike, please don't get an RFID chip inserted into your hand via a needle in this home situation where Anastasia, who's the, the, now the most um, cybernetic person alive, I think. World record holder. Fucking A. She's the fucking coolest. But I was like, Mike, please, I think you should rethink this because getting that chip inserted into your body to get it out is a whole surgical procedure. Like you can get injected in. Archie Moo has one. Yeah. But it's just funny to reconcile this version of you I know. with that version of you. And I know. I'm just calling it out. I appreciate you. You don't have a chip in your hand because I was like, please think about this.
I appreciate you stopping. I still have them in my underwear drawer. Oh, shit. Hermetically sealed. Mm -hmm. But I'm really glad not to have that chip in my hand. Sure. Uh, I appreciated you saying this. Like everything about it now, like I had to get an MRI for my shoulder. Oh. And I was like, does that mean my hand is going to get stuck to the top of the machine? Like, who knows? I don't know. Oh, you know what I mean? Such an Some interesting real point. Shit. Yeah. So, my dad had a pacemaker and there's a bunch of funny, interesting stuff that he couldn't do. Yeah. Metal in your body. Um, Cool. I don't need to belabor it anymore. I think okay. you can take that for your own. TSA, PSA. TSA, PSA. Conspiracy theories abound. Don't give away um, your eyes. I do have, and don't clear. I, we were talking to Lisa Traeger. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show from That's Messed Up Pod. And she has TSA clear. She's like, Ugh, they're just my eyes. Will you relax? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do you stand for nothing? <laughs> like, so, you know. Wild. Uh, I, so my last kind of airport PSA that I need your opinion on. Okay. Um, quit looking at the clock. I'm not I'm looking at the clock. Look I'm looking at, at Alex clock. to see how Alex is doing. Alex. Well, we got a thumbs up from our producer, Alex. Thank you. Okay. We're okay. going. We're just fucking. It's been a while. It's been a minute. We got stuff to talk about. Okay. I need your opinion on this scenario. And anyone who has listened to this episode, please let us know your opinion on this scenario. Okay. I, this is not a picture. This is a, some, well, this is a picture of someone who is watching Mark, Mark Marin's light to dark on the plane. Oh, wild. And which I thought was a hell of a thing to watch in an hour and a half flight from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Just a nice unwind with some Mark Marin on a plane. Okay. Respect to you. I bet we'd be friends. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm in Economy Plus. I got upgraded. Felt real good. Silver Premium. Shout out United. I'm not a big deal, but I'm getting there. I'm sitting. What's your cameo? <laughs> <laughs> you should start one. <laughs> What's up? This is Silver Premium member Mike Glazer. Just want to wish you a happy five year anniversary, <laughs> Ann and Todd. <laughs> I mean, people might pay. <laughs> you know, alternative streams of revenue, passive income. Carry on, sorry. So I'm sitting in 7A, which is you have first class and then you have that little wall division and then you have like a lot of leg room yeah. for before the main seat. I feel seats, 7A, yeah, a 7A, yeah. and it's a window seat. You had the window. I had the window. That's I'm the a A. window guy. Yeah. I sit, I get myself situated, I got my water bottle, I got my headphones, I got my pillow, da da da. Woman next to me sits in the middle seat. She's an older woman. That might not be important. It might be. We'll see where the story we'll goes. See. <laughs> she's like wearing a putting clean, a pin in the ageism. She's wearing a clean white Puma tennis cap. Okay. Many gold rings. Got a it. clean kind of like peach outfit and clean white tennis shoes. Yep. Sits next to me. When I am in the window seat, I feel like the middle seat has arm rest um agency. Yeah, you get both armrests. You get both armrests. Correct. So what I do, you know the little crook of the elbow? You know how you have like the two side bones of the elbow before the main nub? Yeah. So I will wait for them to settle in their arms okay. on the rest, give them first choice, nice. and then I will go in front of or behind and just rest my little like side elbow bone on it so that I have a place to stay. <laughs> okay. Because otherwise I'm trapped here and my hands are too close to me. You'll see where this is going in a second. She takes the arms. I say, great. I put my arms beneath next to her and and then I stretch out my legs and she keeps sliding her arm off of the armrest and tapping into me. And she goes, oh, sorry, no problem. And I go, oh, no problem at all. And she's like, sorry. And she does it a couple of times. And then one time I do it to her and I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. And I was like, well, no one's sitting in the aisle seat. So you could move there. 
I'm sorry, what are you talking about? And she says, I think someone will be coming there. Oh, okay. You and hadn't taken off yet. We hadn't taken off yet. Got and I was you. like, okay. oh, maybe it's a husband. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a daughter. Whatever lover. it is. Lesbian lover on a secret tryst yep. in San Francisco. Whatever it is. And I go, oh, she must know that there's someone else boarding. We start pulling out of the gate. And okay. she stays in the middle seat. Psychopath. Psychopath. Psycho. Path. And so now I think all bets are off. I'm armrest wrestling. I'm spreading wide. I am going to be as comfortable as I damn well please because I no longer have like the um what's the word I'm looking for? The um where you're like nice because it's the right thing to do in public. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. <laughs> um courtesy. I no longer have to be courteous at all. I said, Oh, well, why don't you grab the aisle? She says, I think someone's coming. Mm -hmm. Nobody is coming. She stays in the middle seat the whole time. No. And then so I am I'm like, do I go passive aggressive Midwest? And just start taking up as much space as I can as a dude. And I sit wide and I take the armrest. Do I ask her again to scoot over? Ask her again. I already use asked your her words. once. You got to use your words again. You got to use them again. Keep words going. always. This is, where we're, this is where I was at. Like okay. the whole flight. What I was happened? like, it's an hour and a half flight. She stayed in the middle seat. Oh my God. I took up as much room as I damn well pleased. <laughs> and um, both of us were uncomfortable. Right. Lunacy, I don't even know what to say about it. She maybe was excited to sit next to you because maybe she thought that she could like, was she trying to talk to you? We didn't say one word after was I said move Was there a vibe where she was like trying to have sex with you? No vibes. Zero vibes. <sighs> just people. She was just trying to like exercise her physical, She like was she trying to dominate you physically? <laughs> Good question. No. Did it feel like she was going through a bad divorce? No. Oh, where she just wanted to be next to a younger guy? No. Or just like be mean to a dude. Ah, that, you know. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there have definitely been times where I am in a place in my life for whatever reason where I'm like, I don't feel like being nice to men. And I can see like in some kind of weird passive aggressive way, like exerting my physical presence on some guy and making him uncomfortable being a pleasure because I'm feeling pissy. So that's she could why feel that emanating off me, certainly. And she probably was enjoying it. Do you think? Maybe secretly. I think. I think we could be onto something with that. Or, yeah. or because what a psycho is anyone a middle seater? No, no one. Right, zero that, people. That's not a person. That's not a thing. Was she like scared also, of the aisle? Well, that was my thought. Was like maybe she's scared of flying and being next to somebody oh. could be a thing. But she wasn't showing any indication of any kind of nervousness, or she wasn't getting it. You she know, I mean, there was she no, wasn't shaking. There was no beads of sweat. There was no beads of sweat. There was no Xanax right when she sat down. There was mm -hmm. no nothing. Just somebody who sat in the middle seat said, "I said with determination, mm -hmm. someone else is coming," and then just <gasps> sat there. What do you think? What maybe she got stood up, <gasps> and then she didn't know how to move. Because like her lover was supposed to join her on the flight and then at the last second they didn't come and she just was not able to actually move into that seat because of what that actually would have represented. And she was just having a full on meltdown quietly in her head because her lover didn't show up at the last minute and her heart was broken. Damn. She yeah. should have moved over, huh? No. Now we can have compassion for her as a woman who was experiencing heartbreak and just didn't know how to move into the other seat. That's what I'm going with. I think that's beautiful. That's a beautiful bow on that story. <laughs> I would, but and also, I think she's probably a fucking she's psychopath. A fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's either a heartbroken woman or a total fucking psycho. Maybe that's why she got stood up. Wild. Uh, if anyone wants to chime in with your thoughts on this, theories, what you would have done, how yeah. you would have handled, what could transpire, have you experienced anything like this before? Should Please Mike share. have used his words? I'm going to say yes. 
again, use them again. How would I have approached that? Would I have just said, hey, would you consider going to the aisle seat so we both have space? Like, how, what do you say to an older woman who already said kind of no in a weird passive aggressive way? You turn to her and you say, look, bitch. Uh-huh. Sit in the fucking aisle seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You say just people like, here's the thing. If you're just like as nice as pie always, you're never uh, going to go wrong. Yeah. I think you could have just turned to her with your beautiful charm and your beautiful face and your beautiful teeth and smiled at her and said, hey, it looks like no one else is joining us in this aisle. Would you mind moving over? And then we can both use the middle seat to like have a little bit more arm room. I feel you. What's your name? Oh, I don't want to get that far. That's crazy. Because on the way there, I know we have to get to Buzz of the Week and things, yeah, but yeah. on the way to Alaska from from San Francisco, mm -hmm. I was in the same area, um, but on the other side. It does, what what matters is same seat. 7F. 7F. <laughs> and uh, But I had the whole row to myself because it was on the way to Anchorage. It was a pretty light flight. Mm -hmm. And a dude spotted it, waited till we pulled out, walked up from his bad old seat sat in the aisle and we used the middle seat for all of our snacks That's and electronics and i was like this dude fucking gets it man Full on. yeah the patriarchy is great nope. when it's like used to <laughs> <laughs> nope not going down that road with you mike not doing it i love it also did you see that insane delta flight that had to oh. turn back because of the diarrhea in the aisle i even saw the video oh my god and then i found out about it because our friend gabris um just retweeted it and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, mortifying. They had to rip out the carpet. Oh, it's mortifying. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then uh that that's the end of that. I just okay. had to. Had let's, to. Let's wrap it up and get to Buds of the Week. We've got a couple of topics that we didn't even get to, but we had such a good time and we'll get to them next week. Cause you we're... wanna move past Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move okay. past that one and we'll we'll wrap it up so we can get the fuck out of here and um and we're back recording regularly now so we'll be dropping our regularly scheduled episodes every wednesday and um yeah and we've got some cool guests and stuff coming up so i think we should get to buds of the week let's do it yeah um could Is i that, are you okay first? with that i am okay but could i go first just because mine's gonna be a little longer sure uh because it's f quite a few people yeah 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 absolutely okay my bud my buds of the week this week are my entire alaskan crew mm. um shout out zach Shout out Sabrina, shout out Sharina, shout out Joe, shout out Ben. Um, I love Anchorage, Alaska. I love the friends I've made there. The crowd was amazing for the show. So many people came out. We had great sets. Um, Alaska is just so near and dear to me. I went walking on a beach. I saw a perfect rock. The weed there, I would say, is the best weed in the country. Um, I got a bunch of vapes that I want to try with you. Um, I know we're not consuming on pod because of YouTube, but um, I just deeply, deeply, deeply want to thank everyone in Alaska. Uh, Kevin and Bart, who handled booking the show last minute. Um, all the new friends that I've made, but especially, you know, Ben and Zach and Joe and Sharina and Sabrina, and also especially Ben at Captain Quick Pick, because he made this box for me for the show called the Glazer Glizzy. He rolled a blunt, like a cigar, like it looked like a Cuban cigar of lemon papaya royale, hand rolled and infused. He took a uh, iPhone package and made the whole thing with his picture on it. Best Buds, his podcast with Joe. He took a weed and grub, made that. Amazing. And then on the inside of it, it says, I'd hit that twice. <laughs> and um, so there's pictures of that on my Instagram too. It's a, It was a blunt. The whole crowd stayed after mm -hmm. and his blunt got everyone high and we all just hung out smoking outside coots together as like 
a real community. It was beautiful. Fun. Um, and so I just want to shout out, especially Ben, for that kind of thoughtfulness and everybody else. But like, it meant the world. Yeah, that and was so cool. Watching your Instagram stories and seeing all of the, like, you went to the state fair. Oh, I saw the world's biggest cabbage. I saw the cabbage fairies. Shout out to the cabbage fairies. Um, the old generation of cabbage fairies from the state fair. Front front page news. They are now passing the torch on to the newer generation of cabbage fairies at the state fair. I tried fried peaches for the first time. Ooh. They were incredible. Um, I tried spinach bread. Um, I bought some local clothing from a guy who started selling it out of his car. And because Alaskan supports their own, now he has a brick and mortar. Like good deep fucking real people who look you in the eye and mean what they say. You saw pig races? I saw pig races. Shout out Hamela Anderson who won. <laughs> Hamela Anderson won the whole thing. Beat Aaron Bohr in the final heat. Real exciting. I lost a bunch of quarters doing a rat race, which is a rat roulette where they you put a quarter on a color and if the rat crawls in your color, you win. Um, but all we all lost a lot of money and it all went to charity. So who cares? Just fucking awesome man the and best. then as i'm leaving the state fair the sun is setting and the sun is setting with it against the mountains so the mountains have this like aura going mm. around them as the sun sets that is just spectacular um i love it there everyone was like when you moving when you moving and uh i don't know i was going through a thing where i needed to get away and um they aren't going to know how much they mean to me unless i call it out awesome yeah Alaska, I really enjoy hearing you develop your fucking love and relationship with Alaska because I know it's just such an amazing place. And I think it's so good for you. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's good for you as a human to go to places like that and just be in those spaces and be able to f breathe and get away from the uh, insanity of yeah. you know, the places that we most of us live. Like, I'm, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm starting to really make good friends for the first time in my life. I've always had like one or two good friends, but I've never had friends, like friends, you mm. know? And so I'm no longer going to Vegas, getting a room at the Cosmo, staying in there, drinking vodka, Red Bull and eating popcorn and watching all of Billions on Showtime as a getaway. Like that's not a healthy getaway to just go eat Momofuku alone and lay in a Cosmo hotel room for three days. Sure. No, you go to Alaska and you hang out with friends. Community. Community. Fucking and community. it's fucking beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. So glad to hear that. Well, speaking of great friends, my butt of the week is a great friend who has been on this podcast and uh, just a huge fan of her as a human, as a genius designer, as a fucking music aficionado, as a cool all around person. Jordan Wanamaker is launching a brand called Salad Sprinkles. They're at Eat Salad Sprinkles on Instagram. And they're toasted breadcrumbs that you sprinkle onto your salad in place of croutons. It's hashtag no more croutons. <laughs> and it's so fun. She and her um, business partner, who I think she went to design school with in Savannah, have come up with this whole business plan and they're launching this food product and hopefully it'll be available for all of us very soon. I'm getting samples in the mail this week. I'm so excited. And you like sprinkle them on your salad. You put them on your pasta. They're just like, fuck it. Shit. Evidently, they're even good on desserts. <laughs> oh, I bet. The way like a uh, vanilla ice cream with olive oil. Yeah. A little, little bit of toasty savory. breadcrumbs. Deliciousness. Anyway, it's super exciting because she's just so cool and she's always thinking of like interesting fucking cool ways to enjoy food. I have a great time every time we hang out and we eat together she's just one of those fun you know when you eat with someone who truly loves eating and it's just like that's in and of itself its own communion she's awesome so follow 
uh, Eat Salad Sprinkles, and shout out to Jordan and her business partner, whose name I can't remember, for launching a food product in what I imagine is probably like a tricky market and a difficult space to do it in. And they're like, they're doing it. That's awesome. Fuck yes. We got a good community. Yeah, we do. Everyone who listens to this pod, all of our friends Thank all over you the so world. Much. Yeah. Thank you for everyone who like, I got a couple of emails and we'll have to, next week, we'll shout out some of the people who actually wrote in to us that we got some emails from new buds who had found the podcast while we were on hiatus. And we'll have to read those out. And I have to say, shout out to Rod, my mom's attorney in Newfoundland, who listens to the podcast, <laughs> who got in touch to be like, yo, when's Weed and Grub coming back? And I got in touch and I let him know. And then we ended up having to push a week. And I emailed him again. And he was like, thanks for the update. And I was like, thanks for listening. Like, it's just really cool to know that we have listeners all over the world, people who, you know, just vibe with us. It means the world. And it's meant the world to be able to take a break and to come back and still have our home here at Petty Cash Studios, have Alex... Um, producing for us and i don't know thanks mike i really appreciate it thank you mary jane um you can follow us at weed and grub on instagram at mike and mary jane on tiktok at uh wg at weed and grub is our email leave us a review on spotify leave us a review on itunes click that five stars boost us back up in the algorithm because with that time off we're kind of swimming in the abyss and um i think this is a better podcast than burt kreischer's so <laughs> get us back up there give us a vote at the mjs too we'll have that uh linked in the show notes check out our sponsor galaxy treats Thank you for rocking with us. And uh, I feel like Casey Kasem or something. But anyway, thanks for rocking and rolling. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. no. She just turned into a, someone from the 60s. Okay. We got to go. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.